A woman is reading a poem on the street, and another woman stops to listen. We stop too, with our arms around each other. The poem is being read and listened to out here in the open. Behind us, no one is entering or leaving the houses. Suddenly, a hug comes over me, and I'm giving it to you, like a variable star shooting light off to make itself comfortable, then subsiding. I finish, but keep holding you. A man walks up to us. And we know he has not come out of nowhere, but if he could have, he would have. He looks homeless because of how he needs. Can I have one of those? He asks you. And I feel you nod. I'm surprised. Surprised you don't tell him how it is, that I'm yours, only yours, etc. Exclusive as a nose to its face. Love. That's what we're talking about. Love that nabs you with for me only and holds on. So I walk over to him and put my arms around him and try to hug him like I mean it. He's got an overcoat on so thick I can't feel him past it. I'm starting this hug and thinking, how big a hug is this supposed to be? How long should I hold this hug? Already we could be eternal. His arms falling over my shoulders, my hands not meeting behind his back. He is so big. I put my head into his chest and snuggle in. I lean into him. I lean my blood and my wishes into him. He stands for it. This is his and he's starting to give it back so well I know he's getting it. This hug, so truly, so tenderly, we stop having arms. And I don't know if my lover has walked away or what, or if the woman is still reading the poem, or the houses. What about them, the houses? Clearly a little permission is a dangerous thing, but when you hug someone you want it to be a masterpiece of connection, the way the button on his coat will leave an imprint of a planet in my cheek when I walk away, when I try to find some place to go back to. That was The Hug by Tess Gallagher, read to us by our guest today, Georgie Silk. Welcome. Thanks. <laughs> that was so beautiful. Yeah. Oh. I just had dental work done, so like I feel like my mouth is She's half numb. <laughs> I'm half numb. <laughs> and I feel like I'm learning to speak again. But you don't look any different. Oh. <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> I hope this isn't what I normally look like. <laughs> um That poem is very you. Okay. <laughs> and suddenly I become the interviewer and be like, how is this poem me? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, obviously you, you read, I mean, I think you read a lot of poetry. Do you feel like you read a lot of poetry? Yeah, I would say so. So I feel like you or I hear a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like you would have had to sort of like sift through a range of options to get to this one. Mm-hmm. What made you land on it? Uh, I actually found this poem um, in my second or third year at drama school. So we had to choose a poem to perform or work on for like a voice assessment. Mm. And I think I would have read a hundred poems to find this poem. Mm. Like I just couldn't find one that felt long enough to be able to perform in a class like that. Mm. Um, And I came across this this poem and instantly was like, this is the poem. This is 
this is perfect. What made it perfect, though, apart from its length? <laughs> um, I think it's just got this beautiful intimacy and mm. surprise uh, mm. and, like, beautiful imagery and s- also, like, simplicity mm. of just thinking that you can have this connection with one person that's monumental mm. and then someone, like a stranger, comes up mm. and instantly it shifts your whole perspective mm. so and I love the way that they talk about the universe as well do you know <laughs> and I just like yeah yeah it's this sort of like zooming in and zooming out right like zooming into this like one very specific connection and then like zooming quite rapidly out to like everything yeah as yeah, well. yeah 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 um, and time stops in that moment for the the person who they're talking about mm. or you know like for the the person in the poem, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Time stops when they hug this person and they kind of just settle into it. And then Mm. afterwards they're like, whoa, where am I? What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I guess those are the moments in life that I get excited about, Mm. how quickly life can turn on us Mm. by like one very small event. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever had a moment like that where you're like, Uh time has stopped, time has slowed down? Yeah, I suspect there's like specific moments that I've been like, oh yeah, this is this is a moment. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess it's like when you get, like, possibly when I was like accepted into a certain course. If mm. I was studying, I remember the first time I went to London, mm. and like arrived, like on one of the busy London streets. I was like, oh, this mm. is a moment. Do you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's definitely been. I can't remember of other ones at the moment. When did you go to London? I first went in 2010, oh. so I was like 16, mm. 17, which is quite mm. life changing, like a life changing time for a young yeah. person. Yeah, and I love yeah. the theatre, so mm. I think the theatre, the theatre. <laughs> so I think, I think just seeing so many, you know, I think in Auckland we had, you know, probably at the time we had four theatres, right? Mm. And then in London they're just so promi- prominent, prominent. Mm. So yeah, they're so prominent, prominent. Um, and obviously in like the main kind of Western area. It's like, whoa, there's like 10 theatres just on the street. Mm, this is mm. amazing. Did you ever feel like that would be something that you'd want to do, like move to London? And yeah, for ages yeah. I, I did. Yeah, for sure. But then I love New Zealand too. Mm, so. mm. Yeah, very different. Obviously diff- far different energy here mm. then. Yeah. Mm. But you trained in theatre, right? Yes, I did my my undergrad in theatre. I went to drama. I went to drama school. <laughs> I'm one of those people. <laughs> Shout out Unitech. Shout out Unitech. It was a beautiful place. I met beautiful people there. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. quite a like community around the Unitech yeah. drama. Yeah. Crew. Yeah, because every you know when I was in first year we had our second years and our third years and became very close to them Mm. and then every year it shifted and Mm. so I have friends who are third year and I also have friends who are first year right yeah Yeah. so I have two very very like my two closest friends possibly um I've got lovely friends in my year shout out to them (laughs) (laughs) but I've got one of my closest friends was two years above me yeah one of my other closest friends was two years below me right so it was like essentially like five cohorts (laughs) of yeah that all sure. just became this like fano. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's lovely. really cool. Why did you stop doing theatre as your main thing? Theatre. I think for me, uh, I've never stopped doing theatre. Mm. I think I'll always do theatre. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, that, 
yeah, that space live performance um, will always be my first love, I think. Yeah. What do you like about it? <clears throat> um, oh, I like, I like being a performer. I also love being an audience member. I love mm. seeing people. Um, I like seeing people do the work. I love coming in and it being quiet and you think, oh, what's going to happen? You mm. know? Um, I like walking out and feeling like I've learnt, well, not learnt something, but I've been changed in some way. I've been asked to think about something. Mm. Um, my mind's been expanded. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. What is it about live theatre, though, that does that in a way that's different to, for example, like a movie mm. or something like that? Because mm. I'd, I'd say that, like, I definitely get different vibes as well, yeah, but I can't yeah, put my yeah. finger on. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the element of risk. So mm. things can fuck up, do you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and boy, do they. <laughs> and they do fuck up. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I um, yeah, remember nearly yeah, being thrown off a stage at one point, And it was just so close. And I was like, I'm what? going to. If someone doesn't pull me. Think, I was in a fight scene. Yeah, and and the um, actor that I was with, yeah, number one. I love how we're meant to be talking about poetry. I'm just <laughs> I feel totally like, look, they're, they're kissing cousins. They're in theatre. Theatre and poetry are explorer sisters. Or kissing cousins. Kissing cousins, yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. But, I mean, le- legitimately, like, I feel like they're very connected and that Especially like performance poetry, obviously, for sure. has that element of risk as well. Yes. Um, and like immediacy. Well, I guess that's how I got into first writing po- poetry because mm. I wrote for theatre. Like I wrote a bunch of poems mm. and then I put them together for a theatre show. Mm. Um, what was that? So... Basically, when I first started doing that, so I had a, I made a theatre show that was all devised. So, like, my first kind of work was called The Epidemical Existence of a Personal Malfunction at the Age of 20-something, which... <laughs> I love it. Sounds like a poem itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just basically about the quarter-life crisis. Mm. Um, which is a classic. I... I feel like I've had more than one quarter-life crisis, to be honest. Maybe yeah, even yeah. my whole life's just a yeah. crisis. But, um... Well, there's... Now I'm going to get into like, so I'm a therapist, like I'm a counsellor. So oh, yeah. I'm going to go into like loss and growth and land. But th- we, I think it, there's like research about how loss and like death and, and then rebirth is often on a t- continuum. Mm. So the research around loss um, is very connected to the research around growth. Mm. Um, and they just fluctuate mm. constantly. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Yeah. And how is that connected to a quarter-life crisis? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how we got there. Um, was it something to do with, like, your play, that there was, like, loss and growth going on in it? I think there was, like, finding. Mm. Um, yeah. There was a – we had a little scene in it that was – we talked about the line is always moving so that you would get to a place of accomplishment and then mm. the line would shift mm. and it would change and we kind of explored that idea physically, mm. which was very fun. Mm. Um but that was the first piece, and there was no. But it was very. Um, uh, it was it was hard. I was directing. I'm not a very good director. Um, there was not enough boundaries in terms of like concrete stuff that we were making from, mm. really. Mm. Um, and so I moved into the next piece, having much more written work, and then I worked with a dancer 
Mm. Yeah, Natalie, cool. she's wonderful. Yeah, and so we both, and she was also a poet, so she wrote a lot of poetry. So we kind of merged our poetry together and did this kind of weird um, mashup of poetry and music. We had a beautiful sound designer that helped us with that dance. Yeah, and then Great. we did verbatim. I did a whole lot of interviews. And we chucked her like yeah, it was a, it was <laughs> it was a great right. piece. Yeah, what was yeah. that one called? Two AM phone call. Yeah, oh, about yeah. a phone call that I made to a friend at two o'clock in the morning when I wasn't in a good space. So they all look kind of about mental health and mm. that. Yeah. Mm. Well, the last yeah those those two shows. Mm. Yeah. Which makes the move from, <clears throat> I guess, theatre, and counselling, which is what you sort of do is. I'm going to call it your day job with bunny ears around it. Yes. Um, Makes the sort of connection between those two quite clear. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was after 2am phone call, I think. We toured 2am phone call to Wellington. And then it was maybe in August that year that I applied to counselling. I was was going to, uh, circling back, because that's Mm. lovely, (laughs) circling back to London, I was, Mm. I went, in the middle of that year, I went um, to work with a physical theatre company in London that I loved, and I did a um, a theatre making program that was all physical theatre. Mm. Mm. Um, and I was kind of going, I want to learn more, and I quite, I'm a bit of a nerd, so I quite like studying um, and being in a learning environment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, says this because she like nods knowingly. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Evidence would suggest that <laughs> you done, love. We've both just done our masters at the same time. Oh, yeah, and finished them at the same time. Nearly. Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah. We have. We've both finished our masters. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so they did a they did a qualification, and then I went and spent some time with them. And at that time, I was like, okay, either I keep making theatre or I go and train in counselling mm. and study mental health um, and then I thought that actually if I studied mental health it was probably just going to enrich my creativity even more mm. so I just felt like I could do both with my with my counselling mm. which mm. was a nice place to be in really mm. to be able to go actually I love like I'm always going to have theatre is always going to be and creativity is always going to be so important mm. to me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. How do I expand sideways? Mm. How do I expand sideways to expand upwards? Oh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and do you find that like that was quite grotesque, wasn't it? Oh, I didn't it like good. that. I liked it. I liked it. I think it was very good. Um, how have you found that like? Because I imagine that through counselling you discover a lot about like yourself and your own mental health and your emotions and how you process things. Mm. How has that affected your own poetry writing as well? Like just having sort of that expanded awareness, I guess. I guess also because like poetry, at least for me, poetry started off as like almost kind of like an extension of diary writing, of journaling. Yeah. And I think for it sure. does for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think very few people will sit down in the beginning of their poetry journey and they're like, I am going to write a poem. <laughs> you know? No. no. Um, what for shall sure. I write about? It's it's like a it's like, yeah, it's like almost like a little form of therapy. So I just imagine that like the more it you is a it yourself, is a form of therapy. It is a form of 
healing. I, I mean, I can't, actually, I probably shouldn't speak for everybody. I'm not speaking for everybody, yeah. <laughs> but I do believe that, yeah, for me, it's definitely a form of healing. It's mm. a form of processing. It's a form mm. of trying to figure out where I'm at. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I sense that in terms of like character development too, if you think back to, I guess I like learned a lot of like musical, musical theatre songs, right? And mm. so often in a um, musical theatre song, at the beginning of the song, a character doesn't know something, right? So they sing the song mm. to try and figure it out. Mm. And my um, poetry writing has often been a bit like that. That you start writing and you're mm. like, I'm trying to figure something out. Yeah. And I often come to it with a feeling, like a mm. like a quite a physical, emotive feeling, and then I almost have to write out that feeling. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like also a very like immediate process mm. as well, though, because mm. it's like you have this feeling and you're like, I need to process this now, and I need to get it out on the page. Sure, which is quite different to some theory of the craft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, line exactly. by line. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like write every day and then like yeah. you know, come back to it, tear it apart, put it back together kind yes, of thing. Yes, yes. How long do you reckon it takes you to write the average poem? Oh, probably like <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can go weeks without writing one. Mm. Yeah. It's almost like I need the accumulation of the life experience, the feeling, the process to get to the place where I'm like, oh, the poem is here. Yeah. Um, probably like my favourite story, which I talk about quite often, but um, there is there was a poet that I heard about on a TED Talk who loved working in the fields. Like I think she worked on a farm. Mm. And she said that she used to be able to hear a poem coming through the hills, which is Oh my god! It's like, very Swiss. It's very Swiss. Like <laughs> honestly, it's so dramatic. I, as a Swiss person, it speaks to me on a cultural level. I'm like, so yes. she's like, I had to hear this poem barreling yeah. down, and I actually wrote a poem about this idea because oh. <laughs> I'm weird like that. Um, and then she would hear this poem like barreling down, right? And she would kind of have to go, oh, I feel so, I feel it. So she'd have to run, you know, <laughs> run, gallivant to her house. Mm. But she had to get to a pen and paper to get her poem down mm. before she, it, it, as she said, left for another poet. Oh, Yeah, and then sometimes she would, um, she would just miss it. Like it would just like barrel through her and she just missed it but she kept the tail end of it <laughs> and she said the poem would come to her but backwards so she'd Ooh. literally write the first line was would be the last line oh, so that, yeah great yeah i'm not i'm not at that level but <laughs> but there's but something about the there's capturing. something there that mm. that struck me mm. yeah mm. i think if i allow myself space to like have yeah to allow that path to like yeah Allow myself the space to write. Mm. Whatever is floating around up there will come Mm. and I'll be able to put that down. But Mm. sometimes I just don't allow myself that space. Mm. Mm. It makes your poetry quite sort of Mm. raw, though. Like raw in the sense that it's like there is a direct line between like your heart and what's on the page. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Um, Perhaps. I'm not sure. I just... I just write it. Yeah. And don't – it is what it is. 
Yeah. I try not yeah. to judge it too much and go, well, that's what the work that I do. And so yeah. I yeah. can't, I couldn't write the poems you write because I'm You're a different person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also just feel like because of that close connection to you and like, I guess like the emotive personal nature of it, there has to be like boundaries that you draw around it to protect yourself as well and I think this is something that um in the last episode I spoke um with Dan about around like Mm. no poem is worth your safety kind of thing and in a slam context like knowing when you can share something and make yourself vulnerable like that and when you can't so like how do you I don't know how do you how do you protect yourself <laughs> when your poet yeah, is so um beautiful mm. um I choose who I share it with mm. um uh, coming coming uh, I'll come back to that I think so obviously I'll, I'll talk a little bit so I did my master's thesis on secondary school students who made a creative work about their mental health mm. and showed that in secondary school. Mm. Um, and I heard from a lot of young people about the process of writing mm. um, or creating work that was so heavily, well, yeah, entirely impacted and made because of significant mental distress. Mm. And what we, I guess what we know is when you put it in that medium, it creates the boundary for you. Mm. So... I'm able to talk about the shit show that was through metaphor. And so people can feel the thing, but mm. they're feeling it through metaphor, mm. which then detaches itself from me, mm. really. And I often go... mediation. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, because if I was coming and, you know, I, I have seen, I guess that's also craft too. Mm. I think sometimes when you're fresh... I went to Edinburgh for the Fringe Festival mm. and I saw a lot of work about mental health because that's just the stuff I'm into. Mm. So I, you know, f- five five shows a day because that's what it's like in Edinburgh. It's just massive. Yeah. And so five shows a day and most of the stuff I saw was about mental health. Mm. And there's a lot, I don't know, uh, yeah, I guess this is a, an entirely different, co- yeah, interesting conversation. But some of the shows were very heavy. Do you know, I guess, mm. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that's going. Well, I but guess, I guess like you felt like their emotions were like right there. like the, Right there. Yeah. And sometimes I think when you're new to work, you think you have to show a lot. Mm. You know, I think you have to go like, I was sexually assaulted or I was, this is, mm. this is the thing. Mm. Um, whereas I think you, we can show so much by doing very little do you know Mm. like this is so simplistic it's just about Mm. one person hugging Mm. their lover and then someone walking up to them and wanting a hug right Mm. and the complexities in this is Mm. so lovely um Mm. yeah I I, yeah I go where is the I don't know if this makes sense but how do I use the medium Mm. in a way that allows me to be safe Mm. yeah yeah what prompted you to research what you did research for your thesis like what made you be what what led you to the point where you were like I want to find out 
what led you to that point? Sorry, that was such a long way of answering that question. No, 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 it's good. It's good, it's good. (laughs) I think there's so many things, Mm. you know. So it's, you know, I trained as a secondary school teacher. I trained as a counsellor. I'm a creative. I've Mm. made my own work about my mental health. Mm. So it just, it was automatically, it kind of made sense that I'd go down that path. Mm. Um, For me, I am a therapist. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but I... I sometimes really struggle in therapy. I guess it's it's one outlet for me. I don't necessarily find therapy the most helpful for my mental health. Mm. And like I, as a as as a patient, is that as, what a, as a as yeah. a client, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Patient isn't the right word. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a as a client, yeah. Um, I find my creative work probably the most helpful for me. Mm. And I will take because I'm a counselor. I have to go to counselling. Mm. Um, and I have seen the same counsellor who counsels (laughs) counsellors you have to be a certain person to do that work Mm. because it's a lot Um, but I've been with her now for three years and she's a beautifully creative person and she loves poetry so she'll send me the poems that she likes but often now I will sit down so every time I've got a new poem I'll read it to her Mm. um and we'll discuss it. And she's just, because I've been with her for so long, she just knows me backwards now. Mm. And so she knows that that's how we work. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting yeah. that you say that because last week I was telling my therapist about something that had gone down and some feelings that I had around it. And I was like, like I'm just going to read you a poem I wrote about it. <laughs> and I'm like, is that okay? Like, is that yes, fine? And she, yes. she was like, yeah, okay. And she was like really good about it. But I think she'd maybe like never had someone do that. Someone do that before. And yep. I was like, This is great. And she was like, Oh yeah, like I really I really see what you were doing there. I'm like, Yes, great. Yes. <laughs> Affirmation as well. <laughs> and I do that with my students, you know, the mm. students that come into counselling. a lot of my students now will come and read me their mm. writing. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And I've asked I was like, I you know, read my writing to my counsellor. Mm. Um or I get like long, long emails from mm, students. Mm. Yeah, because it's it's often just an easier. I think adults are quite good at being able to communicate their feeling, or some adults. Mm. Like, uh, there's just so many mediums to mm. share feelings. Mm. There's a lot of students who like writing, you know, and and really struggle to communicate, especially young people, right? Mm. Um, struggle to communicate face to face. It's mm. quite confronting, and obviously, you know, technology now mm. so used to doing this via kind of screen mm. or text. Mm. So often I can get the most beautiful stories or the most um, clear visions of how people are actually feeling through writing. Mm. Yeah. I think it's interesting because like in terms of creative writing as well and and just like creativity generally, I think there's a big fear because I'm also a teacher. Mm. And I think and a, a wonderful teacher and an English teacher and also media studies. And media yes. studies <laughs> so like, I I obviously read a lot of student writing as well and see things, mm. media products made by students. And I think there's quite often a fear amongst teachers that students shouldn't be delving into some of those subjects of distress because it might like trigger them or like trigger people around them and it's like the teacher doesn't know how to like deal with that and it's like what if all of a sudden it's the teacher's fault because they let them and then like yeah I think there's a lot of fear around that totally and so that's what I guess I delved into in my thesis of going actually 
if a school um, or anyone goes, don't process it this way, don't mm. deal with, you know, don't work through your mental health in, the, mm. in this way, it causes so much harm. When mm. really, you know, I guess what my thesis covered was there's often markers to well-being, right? So mastery, belonging, um, competence, feeling like goals or wants for the future, right? Mm. So they're just some of the markers. And mm. cr- critical markers for, mm. for well-being. Mm. And so I guess what my, my results came back is the students made this work. They felt so isolated prior. You know, they were so low. They couldn't talk to anybody about their mental health. They were hiding in the bathrooms. They didn't, you know, they, they, they felt so worthless. They mm. made this piece. They felt a sense of mastery that they'd made mm. something that they were really proud of. Mm. They shared it in their community and people then started coming up to them and saying, I felt like that too. Mm. Um, so they got connection. Um, and then they got, they went, actually, I'm helping people doing this. Mm. I want to keep doing this. So I think five or six of my seven participants said, I want to go to university and, you know. Do the creative do thing. Do the creative thing or go into, someone said they wanted to go to and be a doctor because they wanted to go into psychiatry or they just want to help people. Mm. Um, so the harm, you know, to, to limit someone or to mm. limit a young person of having that experience that is going to, ex, you know, far better mm. than what I could do as a counsellor. <laughs> mm. I can't I can't give them belonging. I mm. can't give them really a sense of mastery. I can mm. hear, I can hear them, I can validate their feelings. Mm. But I can't give them those other really core key components of well-being. Mm. Whereas mm. if they wrote a piece and showed it to their class or, mm. you know, were able to exhibit that, in school hugely hugely beneficial Mm. yeah what do you think um like especially teachers but I guess like also parents and stuff like that need in order to feel like they can let young people do that like what what's stopping what's stopping it at the moment do you reckon just fear I think teachers I think we need to like props to teachers because I think teachers are like far better Mm. yeah I think there's a lot of teachers are going Asking students of going, what do you need to feel safe in this? Mm, um, mm. How do we make the classroom safe? Mm. How do we make showing this to peers safer for you? Mm, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Um, can we give, so I'm just, yeah, like, and then owning your own insecurities of going, I'm worried that mm. it's going to trigger other people in the class. Mm. Should, we, should we say the content and then whoever feels that they can't deal with that right now, they can leave. Mm, right? Do mm. you just want to do it in front of me? Mm, do, mm. Like, what platform do you want to put this out on? Mm, yeah, mm. and so so allowing them to be in charge of where that work goes. Mm. The other thing is, um, because this was another thing that, that came up, so there was a section in my thesis that talked about the participants were well aware of trying to keep their audience safe. Mm. And they were also trying to keep themselves safe because mm. they'd been through a terrible time. Mm. Um and so they they actually had that as such a priority of going, I want to create this metaphor instead of actually fully saying this person had an eating disorder or this person had depression, we just created it looking like something else. Mm. Um, so it hinted at that idea, but we didn't show the full mm. um, graphic details of it. Yeah. So safety was like at the front of their minds crafting anyway. choices. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, which is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing now that I, because I'm going on a, on a rant, is that, you know, in the research what it said is that people don't often create when they're in severe distress. distress. Mm. So if someone's, you know, suicidal, crying or, or really in the pits, they're not going to make, they're not going to write a poem at that point, right? Mm. They're just going to be in bed crying. Mm. <laughs> um, but it's when they come out. So they talk about like the inverted U, but when they're coming out on the other side and looking kind of back down into the, the gully, mm. it's at that point that they are far more likely to make their work. Mm. Yeah. And so it's coming from a bit more of a resourced, self-compassionate, self-understanding mm. place. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is lovely too. Yeah. yeah. I think um, on the poetry side of things, that's like really good to hear also because like I think a lot of people are put off poetry sometimes because – they perceive it as just this like sort of like sad depressing <laughs> you know what I mean like poetry is funny that's <laughs> true <laughs> poetry is funny so funny like come to the slam you'll have a laugh yeah because um, sad things can be really funny I mean it particularly yeah. you know sorry carry no, on true. no yeah. no I want to hear what you're gonna say no no no, no 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 that was just yeah <laughs> yeah you carry on I was just gonna say that like like a number of things that that you just said sort of challenge this view that like poetry is this like sullen space that's going to like bring you down that actually it's like we're actually coming out of the you (laughs) like (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. for sure and like this is going to like help you rather than like drag you down you know um yeah yeah you said sad things are funny because I want to know about that. That's that's <laughs> what do you mean sad things are funny? Because I agree, but um, there's there's that th- you know I guess the Kiwi I don't know I think we laugh at a lot of things mm. that are funny, but also mm. when things are really difficult, mm. sometimes the only way to do it, you know is there's that kind of false laughter, but it's almost like that's how we say it to get ourselves to get yeah. ourselves through it. Yeah. Um, my colleague at work often gives me a hard time because I'm laughing too much. Mm. <laughs> like his his room is right next to me. Mm. And so sometimes mm. he's like, why are you <laughs> it's like you're laughing? And he does it as, you know, like a joke because mm. often, you know, if we're not crying, we're laughing. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, <clears throat> that same um, meeting with my therapist as when I, as when I read her the poem, I came out afterwards. I was like, that was a really good session. But like, I didn't cry at all this time. I just laughed a lot. And then I'm like, am I just like <laughs> testing out my comedy bits with her? Like, <laughs> yeah. What's, yeah. what's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, so yeah, much yeah. laughing. Um, yeah. And I, I guess I guess it is somewhat of a Kiwi thing as well. Yeah, a lot like of I, comedians have had depression, right? A lot of very famous mm. comedians have, have talked about mm. how, how low they get. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. And also, yeah, just like our po- poets are really funny. I always compare it to, mm. like, shout out button poetry, but, like, <laughs> I compare it to button poetry and, like, you know, American-style slam, which is sometimes very just, like, straight-up intense, sad emotions. Mm. And I'm like, I get this. There's, like, value in this. But, totally. like, if, if you hear about the same topics in New Zealand poetry, it's often kind of, like, 
serious, 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 and then turn it into a joke and bring it back <laughs> down to the serious yeah, point, you yeah, know, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like takes you on a sort of like a, a funny, funny little journey, mm. which I appreciate. Mm. I mean, I definitely do that in, mm. in my po- in my poetry. Yeah. Um, because that is also how I deal with things. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's a certain amount of like looking. I guess it's like when you look back, you can kind of, I don't know, maybe it comes back to that lost growth. Go like, mm. oh yeah, that happened. Mm. We learned from that. Do you know? Mm. There's a self. There's a um, self acceptance there. There's a there's a kindness mm. that comes from the ability to look back and go. I was really brutal on myself, mm. and. I was was just learning. I was really just learning. Mm. And like, that's okay. I can, I can learn. Mm. Um, and actually at the time I had no other way of knowing. You know, I was in the I was in the fog. I was in the I was in the storm. Mm. Um and I couldn't do anything else. Mm. And often I, you know, I have students that come in and they just, you know, it's like this happened. And why did I do this? And the, the self-critique really piles on top of the the hurt mm. or the action that they did anyway. And I know it because I go into counselling and I, you know, my own counselling and go, mm. then this happened and why did I do this? Mm. You know, and I often find, <laughs> I, sometimes I don't think of a very nice counsel because I'm like, I look at my student and I'm like, well, cool, you're really beating yourself up about that, aren't you? <laughs> do you know? <laughs> oh, but I... And there's a certain kind of, kind of like, do you need to? Mm. You know, like when when is it okay to? It was really hard, and 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 how do we be kind to ourselves? Mm. Yeah. Mm. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say like I really appreciate it when people call me out on my sort of self criticism and beating myself up because like, mm. yeah, I don't even notice it when I do it. Like, I'll beat myself up and. Yeah, it, it just it's like just so much part of my vocabulary and how I sort of talk about myself and often in a joking way as well. Yes. Yes. Um yes. they're like I don't even really notice it. And so like I really value it when therapists but also just like friends and stuff are like, You're like being really hard on yourself. Like, what's going on here then? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's also I've, a sign of motivation, isn't it? It's mm. a sign of we have to critique ourselves if we want to get better. Mm. That's true. <sighs> yeah. But yeah. sometimes it's also like beating yourself up for things that you can't control you yes, know <laughs> yes. and then it and then it gets kind of toxic um mm, but mm. I think it's also linked to like being a quite competitive person as well <laughs> I, <laughs> I say as I think about the slam <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um yeah yeah which I don't know, again, is like really motivating, but yeah. I, I feel like it can sometimes get in the way of me and my writing as well, because I'm like, I mm. want to be the very best. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. How, how do you, because you said you only share your poetry with like specific people. Um, how do you feel about sharing your poetry in like, I don't know, especially like slam context, but in, in general and like, I don't know, making yourself vulnerable on stage with like performance poetry rather than having it in like a show, like just like standing up in front of people and being like, this is my poem. Um, 
I guess I choose what poem I'm going to perform. Mm. Mm. Um, too often I go, is this poem ready for me to share it? Mm. Yeah. How does it feel for a poem to be ready? Uh, I have to get like a little bit nervous and a little bit excited about sharing it. Right, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's the, it's the um, oh yeah, I think now's the time for this one to come out. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's rolling yes. down the hills. It's rolling down the hills. <laughs> yeah, I, and I often share ones, interestingly, I often share ones that are like one or two months fresh. Mm. Um, so I often don't go back and share the ones that I like wrote two mm. years ago. So oh, yeah, mm. that poem happened, but it was a two year, two, two year ago rolling down the hill. Mm. Do you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's why I don't. Yeah, share on Instagram. I think mm. it's more kind of placed um i'd like to make a book Mm. um we haven't got to that stage yet but even Mm. then they'd be very specific and like chosen Mm. in terms of like thematically or Mm. whatever i decide to Mm. how i decide to lay that kind of out so because people can't read your poetry on instagram um well they'd have to come and see you perform but also (laughs) like come and have to come and just meet me yeah exactly (laughs) Send her, a, send her a DM on Sometimes Instagram. Sometimes I just send voice notes to my mates and like voice note my poems. Yes. yes. Yeah, I have received a voice such note. voice notes. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, for the people who haven't heard your poetry and don't have easy access to it, what kinds of themes do come up in, in your poems? What kind of poems do you reckon you write? Ah. Uh. Gentle ones? No. Yeah. Um, gentle? I like, I f- yeah, I feel like that. Recently they've been gentle, I think probably since I've been in, since I've been in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> on both sides. Yeah. They're a lot more self-compassionate. Mm. Um, there's a lot about letting things go. Mm. And we're just letting that go. Yeah. Love, most always about love. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think I seek kind of love romantic indulgent kind of experiences so I can write about it. Mm, <laughs> you know, mm, sometimes mm. once um, my friend, so I wrote 2am phone call about, so the girl who I called at 2am, who the show was basically about, I included a voice note from her. <laughs> so she sent me a email or a, yeah, a text message and I put it in the show. Great. <laughs> and she came to the show and she's like, it's like Taylor Swift wrote a theatre show about me. <laughs> Another Taylor Swift of poetry right here. <laughs> yeah, so, um, what do we got? Yeah, so love, love and food. A lot of food. Mm. A lot of, a lot of sun. A lot of water. Mm. A lot of food. I think they're the things I probably think about the most. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which is very human. <laughs> yes. But a lot, like, yeah, a lot of food. Weirdly. Because I've had... Yeah, I've had my own kind of, in my teenage years, I had a really difficult time with my relationship with food. So it's quite interesting that I, that's what I go to to write about. Mm. Um, But I think I've always really been creative with, you know, I love cooking and I. Mm. um, Shout out the caramel slice that you made for (laughs) us today. Sarah's favorite caramel slice. Oh, everybody's favorite caramel (laughs) slice, to be honest. Um. I probably would have made it at least like 40 times that caramel slice now. Did you ever give the recipe to, I'm just going to shout her out on this, Karishma. 
Like yes. KP. Yeah, because she tried to make it a few weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, this is good, but it's no Georgia oh, Caramel no. Slice. <laughs> well, no, everybody loved it. But like in my head, I was like. Really? It's not was it OG. different from this? this yeah. Thing? Yeah. Too much base. Too hard. Too like sticky hard. Your one's like this like creamy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was delicious, KP. Great. It was Great. delicious. Delicious. But... <laughs> This and that the... just comes with, you know, like if you do yeah. something, you know, 40 or 50 times. Yeah. 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 Because I've definitely, like, the f- obviously the first time you make something, it's always going to be crap. Sometimes you had a winner and then, yeah. like I made a really good marmalade the <laughs> first time I made it with, um, shout out to my friend, um, Susan, who put me onto marmalade with rosemary. Oh. I'm giving all my wa- away all my secrets. So yeah, rosemary, orange marmalade. Um, mm. and the first time I made it, it was boss. And so I was like, this is it. This is what it's going to be. I literally made it five subsequent times and it was terrible. Mm. I think it was because I just couldn't find the right recipe again. Mm. Um, mm, 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 mm. but I've gone off making marmalade now because I can't figure out how to get it as good as the first time. This sounds like a metaphor for poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I wrote yes. one really good poem. <laughs> And then all the rest of shit, and I've quit poetry forever. <laughs> but we also know, like, that's a process that's for so many thing. people. That is yeah, a beginner's real luck. Thing. Yeah. yeah, beginner's yeah. luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, food, food comes up a lot for you in your poetry. Yes. yes. Yeah, but it's but I mean, like you you say that like you had a challenging relationship with food as a teenager. Mm. Um, but. From what I've heard, all the ways that food comes up in your poetry is like connected to connected to love, connected to beauty, beauty, yeah, to taste, to sensation, to color, mm. to texture. I think it's I think it's because people it's an easy well not so an easy metaphor to go to, but people mm. understand it. People go, oh yes, yeah, I know what I know what peeling an orange feels like. Mm. You know, I know mm. that that can be, like, very sensual. Mm. Um, I know the smell of that, mm. right? You just say peeling an orange and you're probably thinking, like, you know, pips. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Juice, you know. Yeah, multi-sensory experience. Totally. Yeah. And that's what I think is so beautiful. So when I think of these things, like, oh, how am I feeling? Oh, this is this is grim. What does it feel like? Oh, it feels like, yeah, it's just what my head goes, weirdly, yeah. It mm. feels like grim. It feels like ribs being, you know picked apart mm. like sticky ribs and then having like that stuff on your hands and that won't mm. actually go away and then mm. you have to like wash your hands three times afterwards is this one you've already written uh i, I wrote one about ribs and lettuce yeah mm. yeah yeah and, and 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 death and like feeling like i wanted to be eating ribs but i could only eat lettuce yeah <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's very like. I feel like your poetry is similar to the poem that you read at the beginning. Very sort of like. Um, simple's not the right word. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like simple, simple's got negative connotations. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But that's not really what I mean. Yes. Like it's, it's at the surface or in the language level so accessible because it's things that people can everybody can relate to. Yes. You know? Yes. Um 
my stuff's not complex. You know, I think there's other yeah. poets in terms of, sorry, I interrupt, but in terms of other, like in the slam stuff, there's people who do, you know, there's some beautiful poets mm. that are so complex in their rhyming scheme and mm. their and their intellect mm. and the way that they put words together. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you definitely have to, um, I mean, shout out to those poets because I really appreciate them. Mm. But I feel like you definitely have to be like on board and strapped in for some of those poems. And you have to be like really attentive. And like if you miss some part of it or one part goes over your head, all of a sudden you're like, I actually can't remember where yes. I am. And yes. like you're going to have to reel me back in for this. Um, which means I guess like it's not sometimes as broadly accessible um just because people are like mm. I don't I actually don't fully understand what you're talking about yeah <laughs> yes for sure um which you know for all texts is like that there's people who write more complex and that's really beautiful but um can be can be somewhat alienating for mm. people mm. um and I find mm. yeah I find your poetry is is the opposite of that it's just like Thank you nice little vignettes quite mm. often mm. Um, that mm. have imagery that most people would be able to relate to um, and emotions that probably most people have felt before. Mm. Um, which I guess links back to that idea of like poetry and creativity being a service to other people where it's like, oh, yeah, I, I know that, you know. And then being able to be, oh, my God, linking back to self-compassion, being able to be compassionate with themselves, be like, oh, like, it's actually okay for, for me sure. to feel that way. For sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I get from your poetry. Thank you. <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> that's yeah. That's, yeah, that's so lovely. I, I guess I had a thought, and that was coming um, when you were speaking in that regard. I and dyslexic so I think possibly that has an impact it's definitely had an impact of what I've read because often I I can't read things that are very I mean obviously I did a master's thesis so that was very heavy literature Mm. but as I've got older my reading has got better Mm. um but if I'm trying to google words every you know sentence I I just can't do that Mm. um and so I guess that possibly is another layer on why mm. I write the way I do, mm. I suspect. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Do you find, yeah, like, do you, do you actively think about the way that your dyslexia, man, I can't even say that <laughs> word right now, dyslexia, <laughs> dyslexia. <laughs> um, affects your writing? Like, do you, do you ever think about that? Or do you just write the way you do it? And it's like... I started writing really late because I... Uh, writing was really very hard mm. well it is very hard do you know probably mm. if you went through all my writing there would still be bits being like why have you said you know this instead of this you know right <laughs> right like the yeah. words would just be wrong because I've written I don't know police instead of policy I don't know right right and right, it's yeah. like it's so jarring right <laughs> right right yeah. um but yeah yeah so it's just that like it, it's there's like a a barrier to the actual act of writing mm. yeah mm. Mm-hmm. interesting um did you know that dominic hoey shout out dominic hoey is also dyslexic i did 
Mm. Yeah, he talks mm. about that too. Mm. Yeah. Which I think is interesting because I think quite a lot of his writing is a similar sort of way where it's like, don't overcomplicate mm. things. Like, mm. use beautiful metaphors. Think about, like, um, how you can create levels of abstraction that add depth to your writing but like don't you don't have to use the most complex language (laughs) yeah and I'm also interested to know if he wrote when he was younger Mm. you know like if he wrote when he was in his in childhood or in his teen Mm. years you know I I didn't Mm. want to even have a bar of trying to write when Mm. I was a teenager Mm. I really struggled holding Mm. a book or writing Mm. anything you know I'd much rather have been in dance class moving my moving my body Mm, mm, (laughs) mm, 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 and mm, really mm. it was only when a friend like coming into 2am phone call to his friend was like you're not feeling great maybe you should like write what happened down Mm. and it was only really then that I was like ah I can write even though I'm dyslexic Mm. yeah Mm. Mm, interesting because I have journaled my entire life. Yeah. That's always been the outlet for me. Wow. Like I found journals from, I think I started when I was about seven. Mm. <laughs> Quite cracker. Yes, yes. Writing about like the Backstreet Boys and how I want to like run into Nick Carter and be like, don't look at me. <laughs> 20 year old man. So specific. <laughs> <laughs> but also what's, what's changed. Um, <laughs> We haven't spoken about it much about the Backstreet Boys. Oh, I was so obsessed with the Backstreet Boys when I was a kid. Like, I was so in love with Nick Carter. Oh, I had a poster, <laughs> had a poster <laughs> of them behind my bed um, that I'd gotten from, like, a scholastic book fair where it was, like, true facts about the Backstreet Boys and it came, like, with a little booklet and then, like, a poster. So I put that behind my bed. I don't think the kids do that now. They yeah. don't have posters, like... You know, like iconic. Oh yeah. Do they? I don't know. Like, does anyone putting like, you know, Ariana Grande like behind their bed? So I, I don't feel know like there was definitely that. like our generation with with the posters of the pop oh, stars. Oh yes, mini yeah. posters. I kissed Nick Carter on the lips on my poster every single night to the extent <laughs> where one time I noticed that like the poster was starting to come apart. <laughs> that is. Uh, so yeah, unsurprisingly, that came out in my in my writing. Um. <laughs> great. My spelling wasn't great either as a kid, but I think I just didn't care. Like yeah. there's there was this one entry that said, um, "I am sick. I am watching Mary Popnin. <laughs> um, She's popping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mary popping it." Um, but she's happy and about it. She's merry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A merry pop, merry popping, popping in. Um, and then I wanted to write bye, like goodbye. And I just wrote B-I. And I'm like, it's a sign. Bye, 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 bye. Yes. I also love how you went back to this and you like read that and it was just like bye. And you're like, yep. yes. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Um... Yeah. This is before you knew. Well, yeah. (laughs) Did I know at the time? I don't know. I'd already had a boyfriend. to be like, bye. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It would also be a really weird way to sign (laughs) 
<laughs> sign something off. Like, you know. Bye, and then in brackets, sexually. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So good. Uh, bring back just signing off emails with your sexuality. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that that is to say that I've written my entire life. Um, but I've, I've not, like, I didn't really, I mean, I've already, always, like, scribbled little poems here and there but I wasn't Mm. it wasn't until like I wasn't it wasn't until I was like 29 or 30 that I was like I'm writing poetry now and that was definitely a therapeutic thing for me like I I was going through a hell of a time in in that year and so I started writing poetry and I was like this is mean this is rare yeah interesting right that that was a turning point for you of going okay now I'm gonna write work and it's probably going to be of a better quality mm. and more willing to be kind of performance mm. material. Mm. But you're also kind of like, I have had a point in my mental health that I need to write this. And mm. I need, yeah, does, is, mm. is that correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but also want to shout out Action Education because they're the people who run Word the Frontline, which oh. is the, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> which is like so the, much love for them and yeah. what they're doing for the the young community, like the youth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is like, which was definitely a motivator for me because I was a teacher and like in charge of a student poetry troupe. It was definitely a motivator going along to those workshops and stuff. I was like, I can do this too. Mm. So it was a motivator for me, but also circling back to what you were saying just about like, I guess like people being you know adults um being unafraid to let young people write and share things that are challenging for them I think word creates such a good space for that like they they're really they're really unafraid in that and they really know how to create those safe spaces that Mm. we were talking about Mm. um yeah and I feel like they're good at they're also really good at like being able to state their own insecurities about it, you know, and, and, but also like trust the kids in, in terms of like being able to understand their own safety and yeah, the safety yeah. of and them. And who they them. are. Yeah. You know, I, I guess what you also know about that age is that identity is a massive thing, mm. right? And so I think at the moment social media goes, how are you similar to other people? Um, be similar, you know? Mm. the sheep mm. kind of mentality but I guess what that kind of poetry is going is like how how do I want to express myself and what's my identity you know I think we grow into more of our identity we know more of ourselves as we get older mm. <clears throat> I've been telling everybody recently that I'm really looking forward to being in my like mid-30s or I'm even looking forward to being 60 and just oh. like I'm just like I'm just gonna be hotter like come back <laughs> don't know me now come back when I'm 60 because I'm just gonna be like a fine human being when I'm 60. <laughs> I'll know myself better. I'll just have embraced. Mm. There'll be less insecurities. And so I go, you know, it's so hard for young people. You know, they're, they're thrown into a group with, you know, hundreds of people the same age as them. And then they're, you know, asked to go into classes and graded on their ability. Mm. It's a terrible time. It is. It's a terrible time. Uh, who would want to be a teenager? It's an absolute terrible yeah. time. And so I guess if we give them an outlet to try and explore who they are and try and figure that out, mm. um, it's such a critical point when they're trying to figure that out. It's mm. so beautiful. Mm. Mm. Let them 
let them out of the cage of the education system. <laughs> and it is I a mean, cage. <laughs> yeah, but it's also not. Like, I guess it's allowing them to um, yeah. figure that stuff out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if they can have, you know, poetry, they'd be like, yeah, like, this is this is the thing you know yeah it's, yeah. that's wonderful like yeah. what a beautiful gift that is for a young person yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so I'm just looking at time and I think it's probably about that moment where it's good for you to share some of your own poetry yes have you got a poem for us today I do I had quite a tough time trying to figure out what I was going to do mm. and then probably like what I normally I'll just I'll just do the latest one. Mm, fresh, <laughs> immediate. And it's it's rolling down the hills. It's, <laughs> it's interesting that we say it's fresh because it is fresh. Um, and I wrote it just as the weather was turning and it started to get warmer. Mm. So it's called spring. Um, it was more about like maybe a month ago because I don't know when this podcast is being released, but mm. I kind of think October time is it mm. getting a bit warmer. We had like an incredible labour weekend. Which yeah. is, if you're listening outside of New Zealand, is in the middle of October here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, definitely about that time. Okay. It's a love. It's a love poem. Classic. It's a classic. It's a classic, George. <laughs> <laughs> On the day I let go of you, it was warm. I switched my long sleeves for a t-shirt. On the day I let go of you, the sun shone and I kept my windows open until it got dark. On the day I let go of you, someone sent me a meme about the small joys in life with a picture of onions cooking. I cried instead because my book was so beautiful and so sad. I ate two cameo creams and a banana together, enjoyed the flavours merge in my mouth. On the day I let go of you, I did my cardio in 11 minutes. Laughed at a joke on the radio and passed a cute dog being walked by its owner. On the day I let go of you, I hugged my friend who had been ghosted by our mutual friend. I told her that it wasn't her fault, that I loved her and I was angry too, that our friend was just incapable of repairing at this time. On the day I let go of you, we drank tropical juices and she squeezed my hand tightly before leaving. On the day I let go of you, I let my insecurities fall onto my mother, who sat and cried for me. We recognised the struggle would nudge me towards a larger perspective. On the day I let go of you, I felt less pain than when I had held on. I forgave you for coming back so many times, for your confusion, for your not knowing. And I finally believed that you were gone, and I no longer needed to talk or send whispers upon clouds. I read seen on my message and was pleased you had seen it, was thankful that I had been seen. It was done now, and I could go. Moving closer towards summer, or daisies in fresh grass. <laughs> 